This Principle of Hospitality podcast is brought to you by Chef's Hat, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia. Find more information at chefshat.com.au. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, as always, Sean DeVries. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We are straight-talking, ethically-minded, and a reliable on- online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. So thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Ashika Med is the co-founder and CEO of Deputy a global software company that is used by more than 300,000 workplaces in more than 100 countries to schedule, communicate, and ensure labor compliance standards are adhered to for more than 1 million shift workers across the globe. It's always been a platform that I've used in venues that I've worked in, so I feel really fortunate to talk with the chick today. Hey, mate, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for having me. An absolute Pleasure. Now, I think in regards with Deputy, I mean, this is a brand which I've known and loved for for many years. As I said in the outset, there, like it is, it is a platform which I've used with many different brands that I've worked in, and always really respected the platform, how it works, how you, how easy it is to actually use for hospitality people. But many people listening to the podcast would have also used Deputy, right? And I'm always interested how these kind of brands start because we talk with a lot of tech brands uh, on Poe. So, how did you start Deputy? How did I start Deputy? Well, actually, the story of Deputy starts before Deputy. I used to work for my co-founder, Steve Shelley, in his aviation ground handling business. And many people would know Steve or Steve's family, if you knew the soft drinks factory called Shelley's Soft Drinks, mm-hmm. based in uh, south of Sydney. In there. <laughs> he is, He's actually one of the descendant owner. Well, all his family was in the soft drink business. He actually ventured out and wanted to build an aviation ground handling business. So aviation ground handling is everything in the aviation business other than flying and engineering. So all the people who are loading and unloading the plane, checking you in, or like quite a lot of the airlines would be outsourcing that business as opposed to employing their staff directly, especially in remote airports they'll be flying into. Mm-hmm. And that's what Steve did. And the universe had it that we met and I saw the chaos that was happening. Um, in his life, when it comes to people management, uh, he had a business that was 24 hours. Like aviation business is the hardest business, in my opinion. Like uh, joke is, it's 99% boredom and 1% sheer fear. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's 24 hours. It's highly compliant. You've got CASA. You've got a lot of regulations. You know, you're basically playing with people's life. Okay, Something being wrong can really have fatal and catastrophic impact. It was highly compliant. It was a very unionized and militant workforce. So everything that can be super complex was complex. As I said, universe had as a chance that I met him, I saw the challenges in his, in his business. I kind of created a solution like deputy in his business. And I'm talking, this is 2004. Well, before the world of mobile, this, before the world, I don't think even cloud was a term back no, then. No, it wouldn't have been. Yes. Would it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was created more like as a cloud solution, more of a internet or internal solution. It worked really well to the point that we were able to kind of grow our business by 7x, wow. 700% growth in, in three years. 
well, it took about 10 years to grow the business from two to 200 people. After I joined, we were able to grow it from 200 people to 1400 people in, and all with the number of head office admin staff that required to manage 200 versus 1400 people, like all the automation that came in and, you know, the wealth it created, the opportunities it created made me realize that, hmm, okay, there's something in there and how much struggle people have in life. Like I'll, I'll give you a simple scenario. And I, I saw this firsthand. People will call in sick, okay? In the knowledge worker world, white collar world, if somebody calls in sick, yeah, fine, okay? You know what, their job doesn't get done. The meeting happens tomorrow, everything just moves on. Mm -hmm. But in the aviation business, if somebody calls in sick, if this is the person who is pushing back the plane, for example, which is a very highly skilled role, okay? Yes. You don't just let that go, okay? <laughs> Somebody else just doesn't jump in to cover that. Yeah. I mean, in, in Steve's world, it meant one of three things, okay? Either if you could let it go, okay, if it's some of the roles he can be without cover, if you could let it go, you can let it go. If not, you know what? You, as the manager or business owner, stop doing what you're doing and jump in to cover that. That's the second option. And the third, uh, what he would do back then, he would take out his Nokia 8820D, people remember that phone, yes. and going through the address book, uh, you know, calling people, hoping somebody will come in and save the day. Mm -hmm. And there's always that one person who comes and saves the day. And then one week, they ended up working 100 hours and has a uh, injury at work. I don't know if I'm allowed to use profanity in your podcast show. Please, go for it. Shit hits the fan. <laughs> 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 Uh, okay, so, you know, that's, that's a real example of uh, what was happening. And, um, and, you know, I mean, I was seeing all these challenges, seeing all the challenges of people will fill out paper timesheet and fax it to the head office. So, I mean, started creating many of these solutions kind of as a single IT person in the business. And mm -hmm. next thing you know, like, you know, it allowed so much scalability in the business that, um, you know, grew the business from 200 people to uh, 1,400 people. Um, obviously, it created a lot of wealth for people in the business. It, it provided 1,200 people with jobs in an industry that they probably don't have jobs in. And many of those people have gone to do one, more wonderful, wonderful things in their lives and in, in, in the industry. I kind of reached my goal with that business. I was living um, to pursue proper career in tech where I wanted to actually go work for one of the big fours in Silicon Valley. And when Steve goes like, hey, why don't we, all my friends, who are still struggling running that one restaurant or that one hairdresser or that one shop desk? Like, how are you able to scale so much? And you know, they weren't able to, and they're like, you know, they didn't have a system that made all these challenging things, the mundane that sucks oxygen and time out of the air, can simplify those things. If they could, they could really focus on the bigger picture and probably work on the business as opposed to in the business. Why don't we do something with it? That's kind of how it started. And um, I remember for three months we had, well, I was traveling through US, interchanging a lot of emails about what we the name of the company and thought about, hey, what is this product? This product is second in charge. Um, and another name for second in charge is deputy. Deputy.com was available. I emailed him saying that, what do you think of the name deputy? He's like, I love it. Cool. All right, let's do it. <laughs> that's how, that's how kind of, uh, that's how it started. And I actually quite often said that for many people in many stories is that you don't choose your passion. Your passion chooses you. Yeah, without a doubt. Many other successful entrepreneurs uh, in many other industries I have seen, that's how kind of it is. Like, you know, those who are absolutely living it, making massive impacts, they've found that their passion has chosen them. Was it hard for you to focus on hospitality sort of first as a sort of first thing that Deputy wanted to 
create and move to? Was it the fact that you had people inside the hospitality industry? Is that is that why the focus sort of was on hospitality first? No, look, I mean, the hospitality industry, I mean, we actually started in, in, in the Shire, in Sutherland Shire, uh, south of Sydney. One of our first customers was the Ferris Group. Okay, and the, the, the Marlowe Group, they were the first two customers and they were in the hospitality industry, bar, restaurant, through network connection, they were the first two customers. Yeah, that's how kind of it started. Like, you know, and third customer was Cross Pizza, believe it or not. Oh, well, fourth customer really? was Self Hospitality, which is more of a cleaning, uh, hotel cleaning business. And all four of those are still customers, deputy, even after, thir- uh, we had our first customer about what, a year and a half later after starting the company. So yeah, there's still, all four of them are still customers. That's how kind of the journey started. And and we realized that, hey, hospitality actually has more of a people management issue than most of the other industries. Retail is very time limited, like yep. five or extended shopping hours on Thursday, but hospitality goes till you know, 3, 4 a.m. at times, very transient industry. People are always doing something else. There's a lot of international students working. The challenge of rostering or people management is far higher in hospitality than it is in many of the other industries. So that's where we saw massive pain and you know our product solved this much, much better in there. And we just doubled down on it. So virality, to listening to the customer. We actually, one of our values of deputies clocking in for the customer. By clocking in those customers in there, we, we really honed our product to ensure that, hey, we're serving this industry. In those early days when you've had, you know, brands like Crust Pizza, I mean, obviously there are massive brands with RFG now and, and that kind of stuff. Like, was there any surprises that you had from the customers about the product and about how they were going to use the product? Because I think back to my early days of owning businesses in my early 20s and using an Excel, an Excel spreadsheet, you know, and a ledger book into doing the front of house and the back of house stuff and doing payroll and all that and all that kind of stuff was a nightmare every week with my you know 40 odd staff that I had across the two bakeries which I own like was there things that came up as a surprise even though you took this from aviation to then hospitality which is notoriously really hard well i think i still find surprises <laughs> i mean a lot has changed in the world a lot has changed in the world i'll tell you something more i mean on the topic of surprise i mean i've realized i was a shift worker myself originally my first job was actually being when I came to Australia in the late nineties, my first job was actually working in Hungry Jacks. Okay. Yeah, right. As a as a actually in Melbourne, it's Kingsway Hungry Jacks, okay. The one that mm-hmm. right at the end of the Absolutely, you know, I know that one. Yes. Yeah, uh, I used to work in that one. That was my first job. Wow. Um, and uh, so I've been a shift worker myself. I've never been a manager and then obviously ended up becoming a business owner. So I actually last year I actually wanted to go and kind of experience the shift work experience by kind of being being an assistant manager. So one of our customers is Colombo Social. Um, his name is Sean as well, Sean Christian. Mm-hmm. I asked, hey, Sean, Mike, can I come and work in your restaurant just do one shift as a manager? He's like, sure, Mike, come on, come on down. And I tell you what, that night, I learned more about shift work than I did in the last 13 years of running the business. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, it was mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing about, you know, I realized that if you, there was only three staff on the floor and plus the manager, if somebody didn't show up on a full restaurant. It yeah, stops. Yeah, yeah, it, it it was gonna be really hard. It's like playing a game of soccer with two players down, yes. okay, um, or any other sports, take any other sports when you when you want a couple of players down and you have to, yeah. I mean, what it means for having the right people at the right wall and also the the teamwork element of shift work is so important. The the trust amongst people, okay, 
knowing that, hey, two people don't work really well, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Having them on the floor at the same time, you know, uh, where each of them have to watch others step and support each other and how to service the customer. Ah, uh, rostering is far more than rostering, okay? It ain't just an Excel or selling somebody what time they're coming. There's a whole lot of different things that you need to come in. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for the managers, the supervisors and the ship workers, you know, who day in, day out, show up to shift and do their job. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and I tell you what, my respect for them has gone up 10 folks after doing that one shift. Okay. I mean, many of us as customers or, you know, guests go to a restaurant. If somebody didn't spa a smile or something wasn't right, you know, it's too easy to just go in their Google page or something like that and write a bad review. But yeah. I would really urge people to think twice. Okay. Think twice before you do something like that, because nobody, Nobody wakes up in the morning to provide a bad service. Nobody wakes up in the morning to let somebody else down. But a lot of things kick in where, you know what, it ends up being sometimes things can, things can slip up. That was, my, that was my learning last year um, about what it means to be a shift worker in, in the hospitality industry. And I walked away with more validation and more inspiration about all the greatest things deputy will do for years to come. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. Like, did you make imme any immediate changes to the the UX experience for the for the staff member, or oh, any changes they're, they're, to deputy after that? Still in progress, Sean. Their okay. things are still in progress. <laughs> I'm, I've realized that. Okay, there are a couple of things we were thinking the wrong way in here. Mm. Like, and I mean, there's a whole notion of like you know, um, in hospitality about sales versus labor. Um, like, and you know, how you're tracking based on like and how much money you're spending on revenue, and you know, quite a lot of people get measured on that. Quite a lot of people think on uh, think about that. But I think that's a very wrong way of thinking about the business because you're looking at the output metric, yes, which is fine. But there's a great wisdom actually Jeff Bezos had is that you know businesses always get measured on output metrics like revenue, growth rate, blah 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 blah. Mm. But what entrepreneurs and CEOs and the leaders should think should be thinking about is input metric. Input metrics drive output metric. You know, input metric for a hospitality business is actually not your revenue uh, versus your sales labor. It is how many people guess you have got coming and what should be the cover to staff ratio basically yeah. in there. Mm -hmm. That is something that as a business that you need to really, really focus on. Okay. Like how many people will be coming and based on that, what level of coverage you have in the restaurant. Yeah. As I said, like if I were one staff down, you could have made the same amount of money, but you know what, if somebody gets that bad experience, they go out and write that bad review that can stop you from getting more customers in future. Getting the right people, getting the right level of coverage, these things are super, super important. I know it's easy to say, mm. but there's an art and science to make that happen. I totally agree. I think I think rostering and time and attendance and, and onboarding staff and all those things, because they're not as maybe as attractive or as sexy as a lot of other roles in hospitality when we think about the outputs and we think about the time that needs to go into learning that as a skill. But I think it's something that definitely we need to do better as an industry in order for that customer experience to be better, the staff experience to be better and, and making sure we're getting the most value out of what is an exceptionally expensive part of the hospitality business. Like it's just critical. There's many industries. Okay. There's a, you know, there's talk about depth of retail, you know, the online shopping and everything in there. You know, COVID has had a big impact on transportation and lots of different things. Okay. But one thing I've realized out of this whole thing is that, you know, hospitality is not about food. It's about experience. Yes. It's all about experience. 
And experience comes down to three things, okay? Whether somebody comes back to a restaurant or a cafe or a bar is down to three things. Number one, how was the product or service? Like, the, was the food good? Was the coffee good or not? Number two is how was the environment? Was it a great experience to come in? There's a bar fight going on before you get in. <laughs> or, you know, the, the entrances and clean and stuff like that. These things have impact on people's mind. Of course. Okay? I mean, I always look at Grounds of Alexandria, a deputy customer, okay? It's like a kind of the gold standard. Like, and just, yes. if anybody's visiting me from out of state, this is where I always take them. Beautiful okay? venue, yeah like a beautiful venue to go and see, like that creates that impression in there, like you know, in, in terms of how awesome it is to be there. Like, you know, they will always go, it's number, no, no wonder it's the number one Instagram place in Sydney. Mm -hmm. So that experience is super, super important. And the third one, the people, the people you have to interact with, what, were they great? So those three things has to always go right for somebody to be a repeat customer, a repeat visitor. You can't just get away with having good product. But yeah, if you get those three things right, you always have a very compounding business that will just keep getting better and better and better and better over yeah. time. In my opinion, hospitality as an industry, it's hard to kill. It has to transform. It's hard to kind of just destroy this industry where many other industries will probably die over time. Hospitality won't. You know, people's got to eat, but people don't come to eat. People come here for the experience. Yeah, totally agree. just want to break in the podcast here to talk about Architects Eat and thank them very much for sponsoring this podcast. They believe in finding new solutions to the everyday. They're run by a talented team of passionate, considerate and detail-orientated architects and interior designers. They believe that great design is in for the long haul, not just a fad, and aim to tirelessly find new and creative ways to push design boundaries. You can find them at EATAS. .com.au, also linked up in the show notes of this podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. I was going to ask, like, do you think there's any hidden benefit in Deputy that people, you know, customers want to actually start to use Deputy as a platform for their venue uh, or venues that they don't know about? Is there is there sort of a part in Deputy that you wish customers would use more that you think is an absolute amazing feature of Deputy that they're not using enough? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll I tell you what, my, my favorite one, okay, and I actually invested three years of my life building this feature personally, mm -hmm. is the auto schedule feature. Mm. Where there's a button in the scheduling that's go auto. Okay, you can go, you can either build a whole roster and then go auto fill, or you can just hit the auto button. Um, the auto fill one, Say if you have 40 staff and say about 200 shifts or 150 to 200 shifts to fill um, in a week, there's so many possible combinations of way of way of doing that schedule. That's more than the number of molecules in solar system. Okay, it's that many different possible combinations. So it's really hard to know what is how best you can build the schedule that actually fits the business need and keeps people happy. So the auto schedule feature actually is able to build the most cost-effective roster and provide equity for every equality or equity for every staff member that they get fair share of rosters uh, between them and look after the needs and wants of people at the same time. Like the people can say that, hey, uh, work on Saturdays, 
or you know, quite often you might be giving somebody a shift on Saturday, but they end up trading that anyway, mm. swapping that with other people. All of these things are taken care of by hitting that one button. I mean, I always, whenever I demo the video, I tell like, you can just press that button and walk away from the computer, okay? <laughs> go help a customer, go it's catch done. a team member or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and deputy will build that schedule for you. So that autofill part is something that deputies you know, has been doing really, really well. We have been investing a lot in last few years to build what's known as demand planning, where you know you can link your point of sale with deputy, and deputy knows when it's busy, when it's quiet, okay, or even your booking system to find out, hey, what what are the reservations in different times, and based on what is the level of staffing you will need in there. That's something that we have been investing a lot as far as R&D is concerned in the last few years. Uh, there's a lot of machine learning that happens in there. Mm-hmm. But um, the ultimate goal over here is that, you know, managers shouldn't be stuck in the corner office rostering. The best managers are those who are at the front line working with the team, working with the customers. That's what we want, okay? And we want to take care of all that mundane. And that's where deputy is coming from, basically. Yeah. Okay? That's the name deputy. It's the second in charge. Yes, exactly. Always <laughs> so that, the second that feature in of the auto scheduling is probably... Um, a lot, lot of customers use it. This quite a lot are actually picking it up. We'll just keep investing more and more into it. I had Ben on from uh, Food by Us recently, and we were talking about different hospitality tech platforms and how they can benefit each other. And, and the fact that if brands, venues look at their tech stack at the moment, it can become quite confusing because there are lots of different opportunities for different parts of the business, like rostering platforms like yours or ordering sites, QR at table. Uh, stock taking features, like all these different, all these different things. As you have a brand that's well over a decade old now, and and so well known in the hospitality industry, how do you think about your tech alliances and making sure that you're developing associations with really good hospitality tech platforms to give the most value for the customer? So first of all, it can be quite an overwhelming thing for anyone to understand the amount of technology that's involved in any business. Like quite often I go to a cafe or a restaurant and I count the number of iPads they have just behind the counter. Okay, <laughs> There's one dedicated from Medilock. There's one dedicated and there's like, you know, all these ones in there. Yeah. And, and you know, the irony of it, none of them talk to each other either. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. This is, uh, it's quite sad. On the other hand side, it's also an opportunity in, in many respects how different platforms can exist. But I tell you what, one thing I don't believe, Sean, I, I don't believe that there is anything like you know, an all-in-one solution that will do it all. Agree. Usually, whenever there has been all-in-one solution, they've ended up becoming like the, the ultimate Swiss knife. I don't know, if you, if you just Google Swiss knife, you'll see this massive Swiss knife that comes from Victronics, which has got, I think, about 50 gears in it. Yes. It is so big and wide. <laughs> okay, it probably weighs about a kilo. <laughs> but, and it's got a screwdriver, it's got a chainsaw, it's got a knife and everything in there. Bottle opener, you name it, it's got it. But the thing is, you know, yeah, it will do, it will have everything in it, but none of it will be really that great, okay? You know, it will probably be okay to do just one screw with that screwdriver, but if you have to do 20 or 1,000 of them, that's not the that's not where you will get value. So all-in-one solutions are usually dead on arrival. Okay, and I've seen quite a lot of these solutions come into this industry and basically flame out very quickly. Okay, they've yeah. got a good value proposition, and customer goes like, "Hey, we don't have to have the co- cognitive overload. 
But I mean, uh, I would rather go like, you know, don't try to eat the apple on one go, okay? Yes. You know, you can't eat a whole apple in one go. You gotta eat, take uh, one bite at a time. And this needs to be a journey when it comes to the technology. And that journey comes with the maturity of the business. Okay? Yes. I, my honest opinion is that you have to start with the customer first. There are two kinds of companies in, in this world. There's companies who think company outward and there's companies who think customer inward. Hey, what is, how do I deliver a consistent differentiated experience? We're talking about that experience again. So for that, ensure that you got that really better down. And you don't have to, just because of revenue, you don't have to go to all different platforms like menu local words and things and stuff like that. Just really for your brick and mortar store, make sure that you have the best experience in there. Then come into your employee experience. Why, I mean, end of the day, if it's that experience and people experience matter, okay? Why would people work for you? What is it about you, okay? In this market where there's so much talent shortage, they're gonna work for you over anybody else. And that comes because of leadership, and that comes because of systems, and that comes because of the culture you're creating in there. And hopefully deputy plays a part in there, okay? <laughs> because we're so uh, big on ensuring that you have a really good system about having really good rostering where, you know what, it's not an afterthought. People's needs and wants are met as far as you know, when they want to work, when they don't, don't want to work, and ultimately ensuring that they're paid accurately. Uh, so many people just don't get paid accurately um, in, in the hospitality industry. If you can do that, then you get that really get really good employee experience. And then you can you know, come and do some of those other optimizations, be it inventory or whatever else you want to do. Okay. But if you try to do all things in one go, I think you know what it will be just overwhelming and you won't end up doing anything right. Like, you know, I'd rather advise, and this is what I practice in my business as well, like you know, have clarity, have energy, and have ownership. Once you make the thing like you know, what's clear, what's important, and put maximum energy in achieving that, and have ownership in getting that delivered. Leadership failures happen when people don't take ownership of why things did work out. So rather, like you know, whatever you have, you know, taken as a mission that hey, I want to get this done, get it done, then move to the next thing. But if you try to do too many things, once everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. So Ashik, how do you how do you get clarity in in what features deputy is going to build out and what they don't? Because obviously, been in the market for such a long time, like. Like I love the fact at the moment, I'm telling you before the podcast, you've got this new onboarding feature, which is just standout, makes natural sense. But because you guys are a massive tech brand now, you could, you know, you could make deputy a point of sale company, like if you wanted to, right? Um, like what what makes you not do certain features, but then concentrate on others? Do you think about the customer experience and then the employee experience? Is that how you get clarity on it? Yeah. Well, first of all, for all our point of sale partners. We're not building a point of sale. <laughs> it's not a feature of the podcast. Do, you know, no. The best integration with all the point of sale. No. Like, I'm good. We got so much to do, Sean. We got so much to do. When it comes to building products, usually, I mean, this is a lot different than many of the other areas. You kind of need to skate where the puck will be as opposed to where the puck is. Ice hockey reference on that one. Love it. That's good. <laughs> um, I've only watched one ice hockey game in my whole life. So, <laughs> a couple of months ago when I was in the US, okay. we were sponsoring the San Jose Sharks in there. I went watch that game nice. uh, but now i mean for us you know hey what does the hospitality industry look like okay the reason we focused on onboarding is that hey there's a lot of people that are going to get hired you know borders are opening up backwards are going to come in and a lot of people and the amount of admin work that happens because of hiring a staff member mm. is also one of those things that's taking the manager away from doing what they need to do yes 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's why we actually focus so much on onboarding is that, hey, so that if you can really streamline that experience both for the manager and the employee, it's a significant value add. Almost everything can be bought with money in this world. Okay. Yes. Some people even said that love can be bought with uh, like, you know, money. Okay. But time is not something you can buy with money. Okay. So if you can save time for both the employer, the manager, as well as the employee, that's where, like, you know, you know what, we're actually being the deputy. We're being the second in charge in there. So that's why we're doing onboarding. And like, we've got a lot of things. There's not, a, not enough hours in the day, Sean, to do all the things we want to do. But then again, I keep bringing it back to this is that, hey, whatever goal we're picking, let's have clarity. Let's put energy behind it. Let's have ownership in doing the absolute best quality work we can do in there yeah. to, to make a differentiating factor for our customers. If I can ask you, is, is there some research that you guys did before you started the onboarding feature with Inside Deputy that thought, because I'm very much a believer that you'll lose or keep a staff member within the first six weeks. Like, even if they're physically still there, they're mentally gone in the first six weeks. So that induction, orientation, first training, first training pack in the first six weeks is incredibly important. Did you guys have, and obviously it's better for Deputy, the fact that more staff with inside the venues because you get more payment and all that kind of stuff per staff member rather than transient staff who come and leave the business and all that kind of thing. Had you guys done some research before you launched that to say, okay, well, it's in our best interest as a brand to actually have more staff on the platform for longer for our customers and for our employees? Absolutely. Okay. For the business, the more staff turnover you have, uh, the cost of you know hiring somebody is three times their salary. Okay. That's yes. So we, we definitely want to ensure that, you know, people are sticking in their business. But then again, in this industry, whether you like it or not, and we have seen this in our own data, that the average tenure of a staff member is only nine months. Mm. Okay. Even in the best run businesses. Mm. And it doesn't matter how we have sliced this data, Sean, across different countries. Okay. We, we are in so many different countries, across different industry. I think healthcare is a little bit better. But hospitality, retail, the average tenure becomes nine months. And then you go like, hey, why is it so bad? Even some of the best run businesses we know, you know, it's, it's, it's mainly because, you know, there's a lot of transient people that works in this industry. Yes. Okay. There's backpackers, there's international students, there's part-time students um, in there. There's all sorts of different reasons. That it, and, and those things are what I like to call is non-regrettable. Okay. Those changes. The changes that, that will happen because of life happens, that happens. There's nothing you can do to stop that from happening, in my mm. opinion, unless you do something unnatural <laughs> for that matter. But the things that we absolutely don't want to happen, okay? And I've heard a lot of people say this, um, is that, you know, some people will change job, not because of more pay, but because of better flexibility. Mm. It's so evident, you know, if you have gotten an Uber, and I've done more than 2,000 Uber rides, and wow. for every Uber ride I've ever done, I've asked all of the driver over here, what do you like about Uber? What do you like about driving Uber? The answer universally has been flexibility. And when I asked, what is the next thing you like about Uber? Guess what the answer is? Gets paid on a weekly basis? <laughs> no, there isn't anything. Really? Yeah. I mean, when I pro for it, I've had answers wow. like, oh, I get to meet new people. You know what? I get to choose my own music, all sorts of different things. But everyone else like, hey, is the pay good? It's like, oh, no, 
pretty much the same. I mean, they get paid. Some 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 cases you get paid the same day or the next day. Yes. Know? Pay isn't good. I'm like, do you think you're developing as a human being? Do you think you're like, you know, getting career? You're getting coaching? They're like, no. Nah. There's a whole generation that's growing up on like Tinder, for example, as yep. opposed to having meaningful relationship in there. Yep. Except, you know, in a career, you get to grow as a person. The challenges that comes, there's somebody in this who is vested in your, in your, in your growth, and you know, you work with other people, you grow as they're growing. Okay, you learn new skills um, in there. These are all those things that are not not happening in the, and that's why people are going to these, you know, the Uber world. And I think that's just a terrible thing that's happening for the world. I would rather have that. Hey, there's meaningful. My, my like my personal mission in life with deputy is that you get the flexibility that you would seek at a workplace without having to be a gig worker. Yeah, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That you get to choose your own roster. Roster shouldn't be something that gets determined by the manager and then, oh, it is what it is. Okay. And you have to sacrifice life at times to come and come to work. But no, you will get to choose the work you want to do and still have the flexibility, you know, you still have that community that you want to be part of. I mean, I fundamentally believe, and I've seen this over and over again, that people don't come to work for work. People come to work to be part of the community, a community that is a purpose, okay, that is a mission. And the best businesses, okay, be it a tech business, be it a hospitality business, be it a retail business, be it a healthcare business, they all have great leadership and gate community in there. It's those teammates that you are part of. That's what must work so rewarding. Money is just the result of the good work you do. If somebody was joining a job just for money, <laughs> there'd be that example of like, you know, they'll turn out in the three weeks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've got two questions before, before we wrap up today, if I can. I'm curious, especially when I talk with people who have, who have led really big companies like yourself, Ashik, do you ever sit back and just look and feel humbled by what you've actually built as a brand? Because like after we talked uh, roughly about a month ago, and I think now I've had conversations with maybe five or six people with inside your brand um, do, doing different roles, have all been exceptional, have all been funny and like just really easy to deal with. And that's not created by luck. That's created by leadership. So do you ever think back and think about all the staff that you actually have and the, you know, the brand that you've co-founded here and that you're leading and think, you know, how, how, how good a person that you have to actually build a brand like this? Uh, Sean, uh, the company is only at 0.05% of what it needs to be. So yeah. I, maybe in Christmas time, <laughs> I'll sit down and look back. Yeah. But then again, I just get more hungry about all the different things I need to do. So many businesses I still go into are using pen and paper and, and Excel. I was, in, I was in the US last week and I walked into this Italian restaurant uh, where the manager, she just uh, moved from Rome to New York. It didn't speak English very well, actually. Her English wasn't very strong, but it's still mm-hmm. managing her schedule on a piece of paper. Okay. Well, wow. like this is 2022. Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have so much work to do, Sean. <laughs> I, I I don't necessarily sit back and what it has been. I'm just there's not enough hours in the day for what they needs to do and. I, I wake up hungrier every day than I was the day before. So uh, that's, that's, how, that's how I look at it. And uh, end of the day, the way I look at it, I want to create a brand, a company, a purpose that will live beyond my life. My final question to you, because you are so hungry, can you share any of the updates that Deputy's working on for 2022 that people can get excited about? Mm. 
<laughs> I guess the question is, can you share them? Yes. <laughs> Don't want to give too much away. Sure. <laughs> uh, about who is listening or who's not listening. But my, my, the promise I have to our customers, okay, to your audience, to our audience, Sean, is that, first of all, it's a very tough world out there, you know, and at the very time of this recording that we are doing, Sean, there's a war going on Europe. Okay, yes. there's just so much uncertainty in the world. Uh, there's floods in New South Wales and Southeast Queensland. Okay, people are doing it really tough. Uh, there's a quote by Charles Darwin is that, you know, it's not the, the strongest or the smartest that survive, it's the one who adapts that survive. Um, adapt, um, because if you survive, there are many may, may not survive, but if you're the one who have survived, it's like in a bushfire, okay? The trees that survived the bushfire, they just get so much more sunlight and resources, they actually grow much, much better than they just flourish. You will flourish, okay? And my ambition over here is helping our customers survive. And when you will flourish, let us help you flourish. And we are working on some great things right now. That's all about helping you flourish. When it comes to that of how do you create a differentiated brand when it comes to attracting the best talent and retain that talent. And we're doubling down on that right now. That is really, really good to hear. Maybe I'll come. Maybe there's some, there will be some great updates on that one, Sean. Maybe I'll come back to the uh, podcast again a couple Please. of months later and talk about what has happened. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, Deputy is a platform like is just – like I think it's, it's it's obviously really important, right? Because it allows people to obviously roster properly and all that kind of stuff, but it allows people to get paid correctly and allows time and attendance to be done and it allows a operations manager to see that a person's turned up to shift and all those kind of little things. It's a really important platform. So I want to make sure that we do have you back uh, sometime in 2022 and talk about what you guys have been working on. But I know there's going to be a lot of people who maybe don't have deputy that are going to want to understand more about Deputy. So what's the best way that people can find out more about Deputy, Ashik? So go to deputy.com. At the top right-hand corner, there's a button that says start free trial and start that trial in there or you can contact our sales team and yeah, get you going. What can I mean? We have 400 people in this company that is waking up every single day to simplify shipboard and ensure that your workplace is a thriving workplace. And a thriving workplace is a place where customers love to support and come back and employees love to work at. And that's our brand promise to you. Come to debut.com, start a free trial. As always, linked up in the show notes of this podcast. Ashik, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Sean. <laughs> thanks so much for tuning to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that one, especially as we're focusing a lot more on tech this year we want to make sure that you have the information that you need to make some really credible decisions so i hope you really enjoyed that one please comment like and share this podcast with your friends in the industry we're making this content with the industry in mind so we'd really appreciate you sharing it along with those that you know and if you don't know us at post sash my co-founder from principal design has one of the best design agencies in australia so if you're looking for anything around strategy branding digital design wayfinding or graphic design you can find them at principaldesign.com.au and myself at Open Pantry Consulting for anything to do with systems and processes to make your business run even more smoothly. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. And until next time, stay safe, everyone.
This episode was brought to you by the team at Chef's Hat, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia. Find more information at chefshat.com.au.